You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, February 13th. A Camden County road was closed Friday thanks to a giant sinkhole. The hole was first reported by a resident who lived on Mailhack Road, and when road crews arrived, they found a sinkhole that was 12 foot wide and 6 feet deep. Crews worked to dig out the sinkhole to make sure it wouldn't further collapse before filling it back in. By the time they were done, the hole was twice as wide and several feet deeper. Then they filled the hole back up, and the Road and Bridge Department says they'll be keeping an eye on it. Morgan County deputies uncovered stolen property and drugs when a search warrant was conducted in Brumley. Deputies served a warrant to an address on Hidden Bluff Circle, where they reportedly located a stolen camper, an ATV, and additional stolen items from multiple investigations in Miller and Pulaski counties. Methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia also were found. The recovered property value is estimated to exceed $50,000. Owners of the stolen property have been contacted. And one Max Creek basketball player recently hit an impressive record, 1,000 career points. India Willis is just a sophomore at Max Creek. She averaged 24.5 points per game as a refreshman and achieved this record in just 44 games. India is on pace to set records not only at Max Creek, but also at the state level, said Max Creek School District in a press release. The district says they're excited to celebrate the accomplishment with India and look forward to watching the rest of her basketball career. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Don't miss the 2023 Home Business and Lake Living Expo coming to the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center on February 17th and 18th. Join us Friday 3 to 7 or Saturday 9 to 5 and explore goods and services for home, business, and lake leisure all under one roof. Free admission, free parking, free shuttle, plus attendees can register to participate in various door prize giveaways. Expo 2023 is presented by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce and sponsored by Central Bank and Oakstar Bank. For more information, visit CamdentonChamber.com. This is Bill Munhausen with another key opinion. This one isn't about the Second Amendment, but the Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. An amendment that relates directly to the federal government. It says that, In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Yet, as with the Second Amendment, the federal government routinely violates these rules. There are at least 100 Americans that have been imprisoned related to entering the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and some of them remain in jail with no prospect of trial until late 2023 or 2024. Regardless of how you feel about the event in question, two or three years is not a speedy trial, and federal officials clearly don't care. So let's delve into the background of the Sixth Amendment. As with any law or regulation, context is everything. The people who crafted the U.S. Constitution to create a new national government were wary of the power inherent in a central authority. 
It had only been a few years since they threw off the oppression of the English monarch, and they knew their constitution needed protections against tyranny. They were, after all, Englishmen who felt betrayed by their English king. In the age of absolute monarchy, kings were above the law. They could throw an enemy into the castle dungeon simply because they had the power. So America's founders embarked on a new form of government that took power away from national rulers and gave it to the people. Unfortunately, today's rulers in Washington, D.C. care little about the Bill of Rights. In a case where a swift and fair hearing was essential to restore our confidence in justice, the spirit of the Sixth Amendment was miserably violated. At this point you may be saying, yeah, Bill, we know that, but there's nothing we can do. Our rulers in D.C. can do whatever they want. To that I say two things. First, there is a God above all rulers who will inevitably judge those rulers even if it doesn't happen today. But secondly, I suggest that Americans, regardless of political persuasion, must stop cooperating with injustice. There may be little we can do about the January 6 defendants, but we can call out the national politicians who violate constitutional protections, and we can also tell them no whenever they infringe on other rights. An example of this takes us back to the Second Amendment. The federal government's ATF decided to regulate AR-style pistol braces, but many Missouri sheriffs just said no to enforcing those regulations. Saying no to the national government may not stop them from showing up at your door, but it will slow them down. And little acts of disobedience can retrain our national leaders to lower their expectations in overreaching their rightful authority. It's for their own good. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573-378-8739. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
the Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. 8.08 on the day after the Super Bowl that uh, probably stunned a lot of people. Your Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, and what a game it was. Got to tell you, the Eagles looked like they were going to uh, pretty much run the show, as most of you uh, that watched the game probably know. They looked as though they were going to run the show in the first half, and uh, they basically did. I think the one saving grace for the Chiefs in the first half was the fumble recovery that the Chiefs were able to run in for a touchdown. And that was really the only flaw the Eagles made because they looked strong. However, the Chiefs coming out in the second half, making up for a lot of uh, a lot of shortfalls, if you will. And we congratulate those Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, there was a controversial holding call, a defensive uh, holding call, that uh, I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans, including Kevin Hilly, my buddy over there who used to work at 101.9 The Wave, he's now up there on Cat Country 94.3. And I'm sure if uh, you know Kevin, he is a huge Eagles fan. And Kevin, I am so sorry to... Uh, to have to tell you <laughs> that after the season the Eagles had, and it was an impressive season to say the least, that they are not Super Bowl champions. Kansas City Chiefs will get to uh, have the opportunity to win two Super Bowls in four years, and we'll talk more about that coming up in the 9 o'clock hour because we've got plenty of time to talk about the Chiefs. And anything else that's on your mind? We've got uh, Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall, joining us here this morning in just a minute or so after we update you on the weather forecast. What a beautiful weekend. What a beautiful day yesterday. And I hope you didn't limit yourself to uh, just staying inside and watching all of the pregame festivities because it was a phenomenal day. However, today, not bad at all. Plentiful sunshine, high 61. Clouds this evening, a few showers developing late, a low 45. Rain and wind, a a good possibility for rain tomorrow at a 100% chance for precipitation. High 58, low 40. Sunny and 63 on Wednesday. Cloudy and 35 on Thursday. We'll begin the uh, products and services show as I like to see it on Friday. 42 and sunny on Friday. Then some morning clouds. Afternoon sun on Saturday, a high of 54. Then sunny and 64. On uh, Sunday, actually sunny and 62, let's make it on Sunday. Lake level at 656.37, river level at 551.56, surface water temp at 41 degrees. Hope you had a good weekend. There was a lot to do around the Lake of the Ozarks, quite a bit to do. As a matter of fact, uh, Rick Bryant was busy at Winterfest, and I see by the postings on Facebook that uh, a lot of folks came out and donated. And thanks to uh, Lake Ozark Rotary and all the folks that made the event happen. And thanks to everyone who attended. And uh, the big fishing expo that was on Saturday at the Community Christian Church. Steve Calcary said it was a big hit as well. They raised uh, quite a bit of money there as well. So congratulations. Thanks to everyone who uh, supported events, attended events, got out and put these events together, and uh, did good things with the uh, monies raised. Good morning, Rick, Joe, Vicky, Brad, also uh, David, Jim, Joe, Rick, 
Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> good morning to all of you. And good morning to our guest, the one and only Jenny Don't Call Me Brinkman Wall, joining us to talk about the most recent edition of The Watchdog. Jenny, how are you this morning? I'm great. What a game, hey? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I, I did see an article this morning where the Eagle Safety Barbary said he did grab the guy's jersey, and he didn't. He thought they'd let it slide, but they called it. And yeah. He, he did agree that it was a penalty. So I, we'll just right here, right off the bat on Key Radio, we'll just put all that to rest. Thank you. It was a legitimate foul. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now everybody can uh, can rest comfortably. I, I, I still think that Eagles fans are probably going to have a hard time swallowing this pill because, you know. Oh, the, really? The, you don't think that'll be enough? The Eagles, for all intents and purposes, were a great team all season long. And it seems like that's what happens sometimes. You and and the question being, when they were in the playoffs, did they really play any teams that uh, were going to give them a hard time? And I think the answer to that was no. The Chiefs continued to uh, play their kind of football, where it seems like they would struggle, struggle, yet find a way to win. And when you've got a quarterback oh, that's yeah. got uh, got that high ankle sprain, and it bothered him during the Super Bowl, and he played through it. Uh, you gotta, you, you gotta figure that a team that is resilient is going to find a way to win, and that's exactly what the Chiefs did. So let's talk it a little. Awesome. Yeah, it was <laughs> extremely awesome, and I laid there in bed watching the uh, fourth quarter, and when Butker, thank goodness, Butker made the field goal that made it thirty-eight thirty-five, I was like, "There's, there's, there's no way in the world that this just happened," and uh, I, I remember what was it. Uh, uh, yeah, and Nick Bolton, Dave, you're right, uh, had a TD taken away from him. But uh, uh, there were some calls, some controversial calls, I guess maybe some folks would say. However, we have come here this morning in this 8 o'clock hour of The Daily Show to bring in Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall, to discuss the most recent edition of The Watchdog. And I have it here in front of me, the uh, uh, email copy which you can get, and we'll talk about how you can do all of this stuff. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about what it is you're going to be discussing and give folks an idea of what is on the uh, the wonderful pages of the Watchdog this month, Jenny. Absolutely. Uh, the, the print copies will be distributed later today. And uh, uh, they'll be across the county. We'll go through that list uh, a little bit later. Um, there's some. Uh, I, this is a really uh, a really good issue. I think um, there's a, an article from from one of our um, outside contributors who we appreciate very much about the Electronic Registration Information Center. Uh, Eric, it's called yes. which, here in Missouri. We just have lots of Erics, right? Right. Um, but it, it's a very interesting article just about how things. Uh, it, how we get signed up for things where our data is just shared and used and part of the manipulative machine that, that is government. Um, the watchdog, as, as you know, and I hope everyone knows, is, is as always about one thing, and that's getting citizens involved in government. I want to I wanna, uh, spike people's interest. I try to provide the uh, contact information and suggestions of what folks can do. 
uh, as far as the Eric article is concerned, your your the homework is 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 uh, send an email or call uh, Jay Ashcroft's office, and and let's start voicing uh, some opinions or, or ask some questions about how did we get into this? How is this a good a good thing? Um, it, Gateway pundit traced it back to Soros, and it's another one of those funny voting things. I read the other day where where Zuckerberg is is assembling his millions to to continue to influence elections. So I hope someone in D.C. is putting forth a bill that will stop that nonsense. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then uh, also on the front page, uh, as, as most folks know, the Missouri legislative session is going on right now. And uh, it's it's a good one. I mean, it's like watching the Super Bowl. So if you are not, <laughs> if you are, are if, if you if, if anyone can, please take the time and go go to the website senate.mo.gov or house.mo.gov. House.mo.gov gives all the information about the House bills and that you can watch the hearing, the committee hearings on video. And there's just a, a lot going on. Uh, there was uh, de- uh, nothing has gone to the floor yet for debate, but there's a lot of hearing uh, uh, hearings going on and citizen input uh, in the watchdog. I talk about this Senate Bill 16, where there's an absolute dare I say the word on the radio? Yes, idiot, <laughs> uh, Senator. In <laughs> hey, it's me, right? We're getting real here. <laughs> in right Jackson on, go Jenny, go. <laughs> I guess his central committee made him mad because they took him off their endorsement list because he is a Democrat in, in Republican clothing and didn't endorse him. So in order to uh, punish them, he's, uh, he wants to change the, the weight of voting on the central committee, which is just ridiculous. It's out of his business. And we have, by the way, in there in Camden County, here in Camden County, we have a great central committee john beckett is our president and he went to jeff city he goes regularly during the session to testify and he's very knowledgeable and very uh diligent in looking out and, uh, for our our freedom and, and i've got to say i've got to say that i think they went up there to testify and they did not get the chance to do that i talked with les larson from the Camden County Republican Club, and he said that the special interests and lobbyists got to uh, have their say, but the citizens did not get to have their say this time around. So uh, I think more needs to be done about that. Certainly, we need to address that aspect of it because, uh, as we know, lobbyists, special interests, sure, it's all good stuff uh, to a degree, but it shouldn't be something that uh, doesn't allow citizens to have their say. Absolutely. I think they went back a second time. That's why it's fun to go and watch those videos and see what's really going on there. You don't have to be in Jeff City to, to see what's going on. Uh, but I think they went back a second time. But as a result of the of the pushback, the uh, this Senator Searpot uh, pulled his bill from the from the committee and revamped it to be just Jackson County. So he wants the entire state of Missouri to approve a bill that changes the way Jackson County Republican Central Committee votes or, or how they work, which is just ridiculous. It's one county. It's it's up to that county. So so just just silliness. Uh, 
there's some uh, there's some good bills mentioned in here. Uh, there, there's just a lot on page one and also on page four that are about uh, uh, bills that are in committee or whatnot, and uh, and how people can contact the committee members on page four. There's a whole list of committee members that you can reach out to that's about the Vulnerable Child uh, Compassion and Protection Act, which is SB, Senate Bill 134. Right. And uh, there's a, a, a several bills about women's sports that are working their way through the system. Yes. There's these bills about, about uh, 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 child protection, student uh, protection. Uh, the, I see conservative movement forward. And this is just so important and so satisfying to observe. Um, I, in the background, I'm also seeing a, a lot of Republican Central Committee members that are newly elected coming out to the forefront and having discussion about conservative views and conservatism within the Republican Party. You know, there's a, there's a history and that in the Republican club and in the Republican central committee that say, Hey, if you're a Republican, we have to support you. Everything that's Republican, we support. We don't choose one Republican over another. Well, our, our general assembly in Missouri, and I'm sure this is true elsewhere. I'm in Texas right now. I think it's true in Texas too. Our general assembly is, is full of people who are Democrats or left leaning that simply register in the Republican party and run as, run as Republicans. Uh, and, and it's amazing how much power these people can garner, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and have been there a long time. We have some new Republican senators and representatives that are trying hard and, and putting forth some good stuff. They're getting challenged on some things and I'm sure it's a learning process, but I love, we have this new blood in here, but these committee members are, are becoming more vocal about, you know, how do we differentiate real Republicans from rhinos? And I think the term rhino is very overused, but, but, but that's, that's what we call them Republicans in name only. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think there's a, uh, a path forward to linking the legislative session with season with the election season. There's always this disconnect, right? Or I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, da-da-da-da-da, and vote for me. And then they disappear into the ethers of the General Assembly, right. and you never hear from them. Mm -hmm. There's not a, a single politician there that, that will tell me how they communicate with their constituents when they're in session. How do you know how to vote? How do you, well, they chose us, and this is what we believe. And, and there are those that say that's the way it should work is, is they just go do based on their knowledge and, and their personality. And they were, they were chosen that way. So, so these artful Dodgers kind of have free reign once they get into the general assembly. So I have uh, been involved in developing a process to create that linkage and help people in, in the districts know where they're, where their their legislator stands in a leftist to conservative scale, and uh, that work continues. One of these days, I'll bring that out and show you and tell you all about it. But uh, it requires help, and and people taking the time is is hard to find.
Yes, it is. It definitely is. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. I wonder if these people don't sit down and figure, uh, well, what I can do is uh, since Democrats aren't really that well-liked around these parts, maybe I'll run as a Republican. And when I get in, uh, sure, I can campaign on whatever I want to campaign on. But then when I get there, uh, the, uh, the, the the whole situation changes, Jenny. And, and, and you find these oh, people, these, you, you find these people that are, are, are voting the way they're voting more towards the middle, more uh, more progressive, and even uh, in some instances voting right alongside of Democrats. And that's the one thing yeah. that I think uh, people need to watch. And and here's another thing uh, that I think is funny is is Democrats will do this, but I don't know that a whole lot of Republicans do. Uh, maybe you know running as a Democrat just to uh, to to muddy the water, so to speak. I, I think they would if the winds were blowing that way, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like any of them. That's well established for any activists, right? <laughs> don't really care for politicians. Uh, uh, there's, I, I sat down one time with a, with a, a, a Democrat well-known in Jackson County who had just lost an election as a Democrat. Uh, and, uh, uh, there, we were at the Elks Lodge, so, you know, it, it, we were speaking freely <laughs> in, in, in Jackson County, right. not at the lake, in, in Jackson County. And uh, he, he, he said, you know, you just, the first thing you know, no matter what party you are, if you're going to run in Missouri, you support the Second Amendment. Gun rights for all, no matter what you really believe, that's what you have to say. And he basically laid out in so many words the lies that, that, that politicians, I don't even say Democrats, that, that politicians tell to get elected into constituency that they are then going to ignore and do whatever their personal agenda is. Right. And it's, uh, it's really sad. So, yeah. So I think there's a, uh, my, my personal, um, opinion is, is that you can judge how a legislator is doing their job uh, everybody talks about voting records, and they voted for this, and they didn't vote for that, and da-da-da-da-da. That's nice. But I think what we have to do is look at each individual bill, who sponsored it, who co-sponsored it, and how hard they work for it, and and gauge, ju- judge these these politicians, these legislators, on bills that they introduce and co-sponsor. That's when they know they're working for you, right? Uh-huh. Like, right, right now, our country... Is, is in dire straits. This is, this is an emergency. And when I see all these bills, there's thousands of them, right? All these bills coming through where I want to name this the uh, Campbell, Missouri, the peach capital of Missouri. And I want so-and-so's memorial bridge. And, ooh, we need to change how we notarize things. These are not people that are looking out for their constituents. These are not people that are, are putting forward or pushing forward for a uh, a personal freedoms and an agenda that's going to protect the people in their, in their districts, uh, from, uh, from an overreaching federal government and indeed an overreaching state government. And I think we have to look up, we have to link the, 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 uh, make the link between bills that a, that a representative and a Senator propose and work on their quote work as, as as well as a, a, how they vote, which I think is a lesser part of it, 
and then and then put together documentation that sets these people on a scale of are they impactful or not, and are they left-leaning or are they right-leaning. I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans. I want to know if they're left-leaning, which mm-hmm. is bigger government, more right. taxes, or are they right-leaning, which is more uh, free enterprise and, and personal freedom. And, and the ones on the right can be just as off-base as the ones on the left. But if we, for example, are a, are a conservative county, we, we need to know what our representatives and our senator is doing. Uh, Mike Burnscutter is our state senator, and he was up uh, as a possibility for the, uh, the, the president pro tem of the Senate. Well, he didn't make it. Rowden, uh, Caleb Rowden, who is, a, I believe, a rhino, mm-hmm. uh, beat him out. Well, now he's got a couple, three little bills out there, but he doesn't. He hasn't co-sponsored or got on board with the women in sports bills or the Second Amendment bill or the CRT uh, protection bills and the and the and the uh, issues that are important to me. He he's got these sort of small, impactful, which in 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 the overall district might be interesting to some people. Right. But I think in today's emergency situation, it's kind of letting us know that that the big issues uh, are not being fought for. Jenny, we're going to step in. Sense. We're going to step in and take our bottom of the hour break. I ask you if you would please uh, to stick around. We're uh, going to come back on the other side of the break. I want you to talk more about uh, this. Was a question that someone posed here uh, this morning, and I think it's uh, a good question, something we can discuss. Which recent Republican major office holders does uh, does she, Jenny, that being you, consider rhinos, and which are true conservative patriots? And you might want to think about that for a little bit, and we will discuss that on the other side of our bottom of the hour break. We've got some news with Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com. The most recent, the most recent op-ed from one Bill Munhausen discussing the Sixth Amendment. We'll come back and talk more with Jenny. Don't call me Brinkman Wall. And uh, in the nine o'clock hour, we'll uh, we'll spend some time just talking about uh, whatever you'd like to discuss this morning. Maybe we can take the uh, discussion of rhinos. Uh, a little farther. It's whatever you'd like to do. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. If you'd like to interact with Jenny, if you'd like to uh, talk with us next hour, it is the Key Radio Community Hotline, and you are listening to the Daily Show. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, February thirteenth. A Camden County road was closed Friday thanks to a giant sinkhole. The hole was first reported by a resident who lived on Mailhack Road, and when road crews arrived, they found a sinkhole that was 12 foot wide and 6 feet deep. Crews worked to dig out the sinkhole to make sure it wouldn't further collapse before filling it back in. By the time they were done, the hole was twice as wide and several feet deeper. Then they filled the hole back up, and the Road and Bridge Department says they'll be keeping an eye on it. Morgan County deputies uncovered stolen property and drugs when a search warrant was conducted in Brumley. The deputies served a warrant to an address on Hidden Bluff Circle, where they reportedly located a stolen camper, an ATV, and additional stolen items from multiple investigations in Miller and Pulaski counties. Methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia also were found. The recovered property values estimated to exceed $50,000. Owners of the stolen property have been contacted. 
and one Max Creek basketball player recently hit an impressive record, 1,000 career points. India Willis is just a sophomore at Max Creek. She averaged 24.5 points per game as a refreshman and achieved this record in just 44 games. India is on pace to set records not only at Max Creek, but also at the state level, said Max Creek School District in a press release. The district says they're excited to celebrate the accomplishment with India and look forward to watching the rest of her basketball career. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Don't miss the 2023 Home Business and Lake Living Expo coming to the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center on February 17th and 18th. Join us Friday 3 to 7 or Saturday 9 to 5 and explore goods and services for home, business, and lake leisure all under one roof. Free admission, free parking, free shuttle, plus attendees can register to participate in various door prize giveaways. Expo 2023 is presented by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce and sponsored by Central Bank and Oak Star Bank. For more information, visit CamdentonChamber.com. This is Bill Munhausen with another key opinion. This one isn't about the Second Amendment, but the Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. An amendment that relates directly to the federal government. It says that, In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Yet, as with the Second Amendment, the federal government routinely violates these rules. There are at least 100 Americans that have been imprisoned related to entering the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and some of them remain in jail with no prospect of trial until late 2023 or 2024. Regardless of how you feel about the event in question, two or three years is not a speedy trial, and federal officials clearly don't care. So let's delve into the background of the Sixth Amendment. As with any law or regulation, context is everything. The people who crafted the U.S. Constitution to create a new national government were wary of the power inherent in a central authority. It had only been a few years since they threw off the oppression of the English monarch, and they knew their Constitution needed protections against tyranny. They were, after all, Englishmen who felt betrayed by their English king. In the age of absolute monarchy, kings were above the law. They could throw an enemy into the castle dungeon simply because they had the power. So America's founders embarked on a new form of government that took power away from national rulers and gave it to the people. Unfortunately, today's rulers in Washington, D.C. care little about the Bill of Rights. In a case where a swift and fair hearing was essential to restore our confidence in justice, the spirit of the Sixth Amendment was miserably violated. At this point you may be saying, yeah, Bill, we know that, but there's nothing we can do. Our rulers in D.C. can do whatever they want. To that I say two things. First, there is a God above all rulers who will inevitably judge those rulers even if it doesn't happen today. But secondly, I suggest that Americans, regardless of political persuasion, must stop cooperating with injustice. There may be little we can do about the January 6 defendants, 
but we can call out the national politicians who violate constitutional protections, and we can also tell them no whenever they infringe on other rights. An example of this takes us back to the Second Amendment. The federal government's ATF decided to regulate AR-style pistol braces, but many Missouri sheriffs just said no to enforcing those regulations. Saying no to the national government may not stop them from showing up at your door, but it will slow them down. And little acts of disobedience can retrain our national leaders to lower their expectations in overreaching their rightful authority. It's for their own good. Do you or a family member or maybe an employee need help? Encompass Purpose is here for you. Encompass Purpose is a nonprofit solution to wellness. You have a true potential to live up to your healthy mind and healthy body, a happier, more successful existence. We work with individuals and employers to do just that. EncompassPurpose.com, 573-286-5625. And also make sure to tune in to our radio program right here on 89.3 The Key. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Jesus was quoted as saying, Don't put your light under a bushel, but put it on a lampstand so that it gives light unto all. Archaeologists discovered an artifact that may clarify what Jesus was saying. The Greek word modios, a measure of dry goods, was translated as the Old English bushel, a measure we still use today. The artifact archaeologists found was a clay scoop with a flattened base and top that allowed it to stand on a table. The modios could be used to scoop grain out of a bucket, but in its standing position it served another purpose. When not in use, a small oil lamp was stored in the bowl of the modios. When the lamp was lit, it was placed on the flat top of the modios, which served as a lampstand. Jesus was making the point that it makes no sense to light the lamp and hide it away, put it on the lampstand to illuminate the room. He was telling his disciples that the gospel is only good news if you share it to light up the darkness. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Business, government, history, religion entertainment and much more on 89.3 the key right back here at 838 chiefs win chiefs win chiefs win oh goodness <laughs> it was uh, fun watching the second half of that game i will say and we'll talk more about that coming up in the uh, nine o'clock hour this morning your phone calls are welcome uh, now and at 910-573-633-5395, and we can talk about uh, just about anything that you would like to discuss. Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall, joining us this morning. Of course, we'll uh, join her and get back to more of the uh, most recent edition of The Watchdog. And we'll also tell you how you can pick up your copy, whether you get it emailed, whether you get a paper copy, and some places you can find those paper copies. 41 degrees now in Osage Beach as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors in our studio here this morning. And it is good to uh, see all of you checking in. Uh, Brian is on. Diane, Chris, Vicki, also Matthew, Sean. And some of the other folks that we talked to earlier, David, Rick, Jim, Joe, as well as uh, Mr. Bryant. Good morning, sir. Joe, thank you for, uh, well, we have two Joes. And Brad, thank you for joining us as well this morning. 
8.39, I will tell you that uh, coming up here on Wednesday, this Wednesday, as a matter of fact, it is uh, an opportunity to find out more about broadband. Broadband. The Camden County Commission would like the community to know that there is a meeting coming up this Wednesday, starting at 1 o'clock at the Mid-County Fire Department meeting room. Como is hosting a presentation about broadband. And they would appreciate uh, the fact that, uh, you know, maybe some folks would like to be in attendance and find out a little bit more about the county's plans for the use of broadband, which is something that we talked about. And the whole goal here, obviously, is to try to get people online. How successful will it be? What will it cost? And uh, I guess you can find out maybe uh, the answers to some of those questions on Wednesday again. One o'clock, Mid-County Fire Department's meeting room for a Presentation from Como on broadband. Jenny Wall, who are some of the uh, folks that you uh, think, uh, you know, and and I guess we could look at it from maybe the state level first, uh, some of the folks that you would consider to be rhinos. Who are some of the folks you think are rhinos? Well, it depends on how you define rhino, right? Some people, like I believe Caleb Rowden is, 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 purposefully moderate to left but but exists as a as a as a republican um i think actually the the larger problem is the apathetic republicans so i don't know that i would call them rhinos um but those the legislator you know legis- the legislative process is is um is combative by nature, right? That's, that's how it's supposed to work. Right. And we have a world full of conflict adverse people. Now by conflict, I don't mean you have to be ugly and you have to be aggressive. Um, but, but good things come from conflict and, and, and lively debate, um, uh, has to be encouraged. Um, and, and debate is two sides that disagree coming together to state their, state their side and, and, you know, have a, have a, a conversation. Right. And it doesn't have to be a calm one. It just can't be a personally insulting one. Right. So I am a, a big fan of, uh, state Senator Rick Bratton. I wish that he, he was in, uh, uh, the United States, uh, house of representatives right now, instead of Mark Alford, I think Mark Alford is a nice man, but he does not have life experience that prepares him for that job. So he thinks he's doing a TV show and he's telling everybody about his adventures, but I want someone in there fighting for us. And and I think, but there's this whole moderate Republican dominance in, uh, with governor Parson and Lieutenant governor Kehoe and that whole money machine, um, is, is is moderate, right? He wants rank. Our governor, is in favor of, of ranked choice voting, or at least didn't speak out strongly against it instantly, which he should have. Uh, and that money, that, that machine is, 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 is what helped Mark Alford, uh, get his job. So he can now take his instructions and be sort of milk toast. Maybe we'll call them milk toast Republicans instead of rhinos. <laughs> right. Maybe. Right. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that would, that would be better, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not impressed with our, our governor. 
I think that Kehoe, the lieutenant government, will be brought up as the as the next uh, government uh, governor candidate. Um, I'm watching Bill Eigel. Um, I think he is a true conservative. Uh, he and Mike Moon and and uh, Rick Bratton, um, I think, do very good work. But as, as I was saying before, I think what's important is we have to take the subjectivity out of it. Let's look at, at the legislation that each of these legislators is proposing and getting behind and putting energy into. Assess whether that legislation is left-leaning or right-leaning. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and do it in a, in a, in a fact-based manner instead of how we, quote, feel about the person. Yeah. Ooh, I like him. Ooh, I don't like her. Right. That just wears me out. Oh, my God, I could spend <laughs> out. just wears, wears me out. We, we have to find a, a, a good way to truly assess. But th- and then it goes back to what I was saying about the Republican Club and the, and the Republican Central Committee. And I don't just mean in Camden County. We have very good groups in Camden County, but all across the state. I think these groups are going to have to shift how they do business. And they're going to have to, to look at their bylaws and, and look at how they run their business and say, we need to choose real Republicans. We need to choose platform-based, committed Republicans. We can't just say, oh, we're going to support you because you're a Republican, because then then we have the, the Republican Party supporting the rhinos and the and the milk toast Republicans. You know, and Jenny, right? yeah, and, and, and see, this is the this is the thing that kind of makes me wonder, um, especially for people who don't pay close attention to what's going on. They automatically assume that, okay, fine, uh, the person has an R by their name, so they're going to vote a certain way. They have a D by their name, so they're going to vote a certain way. Maybe they have an I by their name, and they're going to vote a certain way. Well, we know independents can vote pretty much any way they want. Democrats are traditionally going to vote for the cause, but Republicans now, uh, again, you know, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling on a particular issue, and uh, there's some emotion involved. And, And that in itself is the toughest part, I think, sometimes of what these people do, because if it's an emotional piece of legislation, and maybe somebody has a family member or they themselves have been uh, affected by what it is this uh, piece of legislation is all about. Are they going to vote with their conscience? Are they going to vote with their heart? Are they going to vote based on what the constituents tell them they want? So there are a lot of contributing factors when we talk about voting for a particular issue. And I think, again, it is up to the people who uh, go out and vote, and, and, and even people who don't vote but uh, maybe are paying attention. I don't know, I because it, this is what bothers me the amount of people that are out there that don't vote yet want to complain every freaking time something comes up that they don't like well uh, this is wrong and that's wrong and i don't like this and i don't like that but you ask them well did you bother to vote they say no well their point is almost moot you know it's it's like why don't you shut up then (laughs) and and i i I hate to go that direction but there are so many people yeah and, and and just one quick final thought here there are so many people that think that the politicians are here to help us and are going to fix all the problems and that's certainly not the case 
Uh, yeah, well, the thing you didn't mention, what you talked about how they might feel about this or have a family member, it's the money, okay? Once they get in the state house, uh, I'm not, uh, it's, it's the money, right? It's the lobbyist. It's the, you know, when we run into, when, when we can assemble real Republicans, and, and, and I, I hate to keep using that word, but let me say conservatives, real conservatives, and you can get the lobbying out of it. You can get, I mean, we had many people with that beautiful R after their name, so-called Republicans, that voted yes for that gas tax that, pe- that the people of Missouri had rejected adamantly three times. But they did it anyway, so why? Well, they're not talking to their constituency. You know, they don't, they, they, by that time, they don't care. It's, they've decided that we're stupid and it's better for us to have better highways mm-hmm. and the gas tax is the way to go. So you idiots, we're just going to make this happen. So I can see where people feel disenfranchised. Sure. I'll, I'll give, I'll give you a, an example of a local opportunity that's looming in Camden County right now. And I'm, and I'm watching it closely. They are putting together a committee to to review and revise the universal land use code mm-hmm. and and look at the master plan for the county i totally agree with the concept of of bringing people that have experience and expertise into these committees from the county there's a lot of really smart people around but right, right. you still have to vet them you still have to vet them just because the guy's really smart doesn't mean he knows how to do a master plan you have to find someone that's been involved in that business before and especially on the land use code everyone was up in arms when the attorney that worked for Craig uh hasty wrote the wrote the land use code well when this committee comes together i hope and i expect to see diverse views coming together right, right. there's there should be people on that committee that that think that um the the business of short-term rentals is a matter of uh, personal rights and that they, people should be able to do with their house what they want. And there's going to, and there should also be people on that committee that believe when you buy in a quote residential neighborhood in a zoned County, that you should live in a residential that you should be, have the peace and quiet and, and the, um, the infrastructure, uh, um, uh, constitution of a of a of a good sewer and a good water system that will always be there because it hasn't been abused by 20 people in a house that was meant for four right (laughs) exactly And, and it's a huge debate it's a it's a huge question in our area uh, I mean are we just gonna say okay everybody just move off the lake because these are all businesses now or are we gonna are we gonna really um, look at at uh, uh, how do we keep the infrastructure in place? We we just the county just spent a bunch of money to water districts in the area. Obviously, these water districts are not self-sustaining with the taxes that they get now. Yet we're going to bring in these businesses that are in residential areas. Then what does that look like? So I go back to we need facts. We need studies and facts and take the emotion out of it. Information calms emotion so if we're just going to go in and and stack the committee and and say which i don't think that's what's happening right but just for example and and say this is you know this is the way we want it to go because this suits us that's a big mistake 
there needs to be conflict. There needs to be debate. And, and it's going to, it should be a long, difficult process in which everyone has a say. As the editor of the Watchdog, I've had, a, I've had uh, several calls from people that are, that are concerned about um, the, the way the, the lake is going. You know, I saw the, the, the stuff about the casino. You know, I, I don't know if I'm in favor of making local guys richer as opposed to the Indian reservation, who I think is a more um, experienced and professionally run deal. Um, but I don't know why we need a casino at all. You know, bigger's not always better, right? But those honest conversations need to happen. And I hope that these uh, uh, committees that are being formed um, will will include views from all sides and uh, and that we can uh, have some good yeah. transparent debate about where how we go this is know? something this is something that needs you're absolutely 100 percent correct in the sense that this is something that needs to be looked at from all sides and you can't just get a bunch of people on board that are thinking all about, you know, going the same direction with things because that's when you have problems. You have to have that person that maybe uh, is, I don't necessarily think, well, and, and maybe this is a good term to use, uh, the voice of reason or somebody who comes in and shakes things up and says, no, 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 we have to look at this. You know, this isn't something that we should do overnight because that's when you have problems. That's when you have issues, when everybody kind of jumps on board and goes, goes along with things and you don't have anyone in there that's you know primary goal is to say well now hold on let's look at this and make sure that you know the, the, the direction we're headed is is going to be something that makes sense for the future because that's that is really uh what y- you need to keep in mind with all of this i think you you just can't have uh, people agreeing with everything and, and, and more or less just trying to get it done. That's not what this is about. And this fact, is about the future of Camden County. Yes, and it's not emotional. Facts replace emotion. Facts calm emotion, right? So so maybe we need to, uh, the, these committee leads need to, to uh, gather information from these water districts. What are their concerns? Look for studies uh, in other places and, and maybe spend the money. I mean, we spend money like it's water, right? right, right. Let's spend some, then spend some money to conduct a study about the effects uh, of uh, uh, the uh, short-term rentals on, uh, on the infrastructure, on the, on the utilities and uh, and and see what that looks like, and let's deal with some facts. Yeah, well, instead I, of opinions and emotions. I think you're going to have to because Jenny, when it comes to these sewer districts and these water districts, this area is growing in leaps and bounds. And you know, one of the things that I know people have talked about is. Uh, you've got a busy weekend at the lake, uh, or a busy week. Maybe it's uh, during the tourist season, and you got a, a rainy day, and so you don't have a, a bunch of people out on the lake. So what are they doing? They're in their they're in their uh, VRBO, or their Airbnb, uh, a condo, wherever, and they're stuck inside. So they're utilizing the. Uh, 
the toilet they're more flushing. often. They're flushing more. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and how do we know this well, to yeah. be true? Because you get into these situations where uh, the, the sewer districts are just overwhelmed. And, and, and obviously, this is something that needs to be addressed. I mean, even where mm-hmm. I live now, uh, we have a problem with uh, waste. And how do I know when there's a problem with waste? Well, you can smell it. That's how you know there's a problem with it. Yeah. And and it's just and because it's, the area that was initially uh, set aside has grown uh, in leaps and bounds. It's doubled, in some cases tripled or quadrupled in size, and it can't handle the load that's being put on it right now. Right, and they talk about the new the new septic systems, these new super expensive engineered septic systems that have to go in at the lake. Uh-huh. Okay, if a, if a, if a house is designed to hold four people, then that septic system, under current rules, has to be suitable to that. Right. If you're going to put twenty people in that house um, on a, on weekends. Um, that's a different system. And, you know, we already have the EPA breathing down our neck, right? right? Yes. We need to be, we need to be a thousand percent sure that we protect our lake from sewage spill, right? From, from these septic tank problems. And if these, these big VRBO uh, homes are, are not properly set up with a septic system, let alone the infrastructure in the in the areas where they have where they have it. Right? Um, uh, I, I think that uh, uh, there's a difference between people who have a a a, 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 a lake house that they rent out when they're not there occasionally. Right? There's a difference between that and the companies that are buying up houses to do only that with them, right? One's a business, one's a, I think you can make that distinction. I don't know what that, what, what the answer is, but I hope that that robust conversation happens and that they, they uh, fully vet this with facts and figures and studies and, and not uh, uh, just uh, uh push something through that's that's not well supported by by real real studies on we, that infrastructure we need a new universal land code let's get this thing done hurry up i've got places to go and people to see <laughs> yeah let's uh, yeah let's take our time and do some studies and really really figure out uh you know like in the in the master plan you know do we really consider what's on a septic tank versus what's on sewage infrastructure mm-hmm. and those are on sewage. I mean, it's a lot more detailed than, than most people want it to be right. This is, this is, this is very in depth and very detailed and I hope they'll, they'll take the time. And of course the watchdog will be, you know, we'll be, we'll be watching and, and, watching, and pushing yes, for yeah, yes, we do. I don't want to go through the list of where folks can pick up their, their uh, watchdog reports. Please do that. Um, the office in uh, Lake Ozark, the office neighborhood pub, uh, uh, Natalie's, Natalie K. Salon at 3243 Bagnell Dam Boulevard's added to the list. The Rusty Rooster always has them. We are uh, setting them out now at all three Fitz Tackle and Supply locations. We were just doing the one. Uh, over across from the Rusty Rooster, but we were telling people we, they were available at Fitz Tackle, so we thought we ought to pick up the other two. There's another one on Osage Beach Parkway 
and then one over in Camdenton. So we're going to hit them up uh, this week. Uh, Stokes Dock Company has a couple in there. Shell's Pasta over, uh, oh, I can never remember that that center, but it's where the Target is in Petco. It's near Petco. Uh, Sunset Tire and Service, which is on 42 there across from Lowe's. Lake Car Care, Parkway Plaza Tire Center. Um, the Cozy Cafe, right up there around the corner from you. I had a lady call me the other day, picked hers up at the Cozy Cafe. Outstanding. Skelton Key and Lock. Yeah, Skelton Key and Lock. Uh, Bryant Auction. Uh, carry some on their rack there. Uh, in Camdenton, you can go to Beckett Motors. Firefly Valley Farms uh, has a stack. Uh, we're going to check with Trails End Barbecue. We always uh, had a good stack at uh uh, Smoke and Joe's, and they've changed hands, so we haven't talked with them yet, but we're hoping they'll still be there. Right. Uh, and then out uh, 7 Highway, the J7 Market, Shoemake Auto Repair in Climax Springs, and then also in Climax Springs, the 7 Express and the Come On In Cafe. And next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, uh, Neil Gist will once again be on Lake TV to talk about this issue of the Watchdog and course it's always wonderful to get his insights such a smart man yes yes indeed well fortunately we also have a very smart guest this morning in our guest miss jenny don't call me uh, brinkman wall and i appreciate your time thank you so much for joining us hope you're having fun down there in texas when do you think you'll be back in town to see us uh first first part of april very good we enjoy we'll your... be back right now the the truck's running and the crappie are calling. Uh, uh, <laughs> Good for you, Jenny. Well, you enjoy your time away, and thank you so much for what you do, keeping us informed and helping people stay on top of what's happening locally, keeping an eye on uh, what's happening uh, on the state level as well. And we'll certainly look forward to your arrival, but I guess we'll talk to you in March from Texas, if not before. Yes, thank you very much, Katie. Absolutely. Jenny Wall with the Watchdog, and you've got that list, and I've got the list of places where you can pick it up. If you'd like to uh, hear it again, we'll uh, probably run through it one more time in the 9 o'clock hour. Speaking of the 9 o'clock hour, we'll take care of a little business here at the top of the hour with some local news from Stacy Johnson and LakeExpo.com, Bill Munhausen's Sixth Amendment op-ed, and then we'll get into hour number two where you are welcome to contribute to the program. You can talk about absolutely anything that you like. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. I'll tell you some more about some of the guests that we've got lined up for the rest of the week and a full complement of guests. We're going to talk about a variety of different topics and uh, as always if you have a guest or someone that you would like to hear on the program uh, there are a lot of different ways and i'll tell you about those ways to uh, get your thoughts in after we take care of some business here on the daily show you're listening to community radio for the lake of the ozarks 89.3 keyk Stage beach missouri I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, February 13th. A Camden County road was closed Friday thanks to a giant sinkhole. The hole was first reported by a resident who lived on Mailhack Road, and when road crews arrived, they found a sinkhole that was 12 foot wide and 6 feet deep. Crews worked to dig out the sinkhole to make sure it wouldn't further collapse before filling it back in. By the time they were done, the hole was twice as wide and several feet deeper. Then they filled the hole back up, and the Road and Bridge Department says they'll be keeping an eye on it.
Morgan County deputies uncovered stolen property and drugs when a search warrant was conducted in Brumley. Deputies served a warrant to an address on Hidden Bluff Circle, where they reportedly located a stolen camper, an ATV, and additional stolen items from multiple investigations in Miller and Pulaski counties. Methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia also were found. The recovered property values estimated to exceed $50,000. Owners of the stolen property have been contacted. And one Max Creek basketball player recently hit an impressive record, 1,000 career points. India Willis is just a sophomore at Max Creek. She averaged 24.5 points per game as a refreshman and achieved this record in just 44 games. India is on pace to set records not only at Max Creek, but also at the state level, said Max Creek School District in a press release. The district says they're excited to celebrate the accomplishment with India and look forward to watching the rest of her basketball career. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Don't miss the 2023 Home Business and Lake Living Expo coming to the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center on February 17th and 18th. Join us Friday 3 to 7 or Saturday 9 to 5 and explore goods and services for home, business, and lake leisure all under one roof. Free admission, free parking, free shuttle, plus attendees can register to participate in various door prize giveaways. Expo 2023 is presented by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce and sponsored by Central Bank and Oakstar Bank. For more information, visit camdentonchamber.com. This is Bill Munhausen with another key opinion. This one isn't about the Second Amendment, but the Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. An amendment that relates directly to the federal government. It says that, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Yet, as with the Second Amendment, the federal government routinely violates these rules. There are at least 100 Americans that have been imprisoned related to entering the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and some of them remain in jail with no prospect of trial until late 2023 or 2024. Regardless of how you feel about the event in question, two or three years is not a speedy trial, and federal officials clearly don't care. So let's delve into the background of the Sixth Amendment. As with any law or regulation, context is everything. The people who crafted the U.S. Constitution to create a new national government were wary of the power inherent in a central authority. It had only been a few years since they threw off the oppression of the English monarch, and they knew their Constitution needed protections against tyranny. They were, after all, Englishmen who felt betrayed by their English king. In the age of absolute monarchy, kings were above the law. They could throw an enemy into the castle dungeon simply because they had the power. So America's founders embarked on a new form of government that took power away from national rulers and gave it to the people. Unfortunately, today's rulers in Washington, D.C. care little about the Bill of Rights. In a case where a swift and fair hearing was essential to restore our confidence in justice, the spirit of the Sixth Amendment was miserably violated. At this point you may be saying, yeah Bill, we know that, 
but there's nothing we can do. Our rulers in D.C. can do whatever they want. To that I say two things. First, there is a God above all rulers who will inevitably judge those rulers even if it doesn't happen today. But secondly, I suggest that Americans, regardless of political persuasion, must stop cooperating with injustice. There may be little we can do about the January 6 defendants, but we can call out the national politicians who violate constitutional protections, and we can also tell them no whenever they infringe on other rights. An example of this takes us back to the Second Amendment. The federal government's ATF decided to regulate AR-style pistol braces, but many Missouri sheriffs just said no to enforcing those regulations. Saying no to the national government may not stop them from showing up at your door, but it will slow them down. And little acts of disobedience can retrain our national leaders to lower their expectations in overreaching their rightful authority. It's for their own good. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573-378-8739. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3. The Key. key. Welcome in. It is 910, and I thank you for taking some some time to join us and uh, maybe celebrate a little bit. uh, If you haven't already celebrated enough, is there ever enough time to celebrate when your football team, your favorite team, NFL team wins the Super Bowl. Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. I've got to tell you, folks, I was just 
this is probably the first Super Bowl in years that I've watched where I have not been intoxicated. And it's interesting to be able to watch the whole game from start to finish and then wake up the next morning and not have a hangover. I think that was interesting. And, and, and I'll tell you this year, there were a few times when I got a little excited about what I was watching, but at no point did I ever get crazy like I normally do. And, you know, watching the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I'm sure there were a lot of people on both sides, Eagles fans, Chiefs fans, that, you know, uh, one thing had happened and go one team's way and something else would happen and go the other team's way. And so then you're just uh, up in arms or jumping up and down or... (laughs) Uh, wondering what in the world, you know, what just happened? What What are you doing? What do you do in there? So Lightning the Wonder Dog is, is home safe after his uh, little jaunt this morning. He decided he was going to go outside, and uh, he decided he was just going to take off and go see the countryside. And uh, he comes back. He normally does. He's got that uh, good sniffer on him being part beagle, part vizsla. He's got a uh, <clears throat> great nose on him, and I guess that uh, he was supposed to get a bath yesterday. The dog has not had a bath since I owned him. He's been given uh, a couple of shots of uh, spray shampoo, and uh, he smells better, but he needs a bath, especially since uh, he found the groundhog hole here at SRG. And he's been getting down in there and trying to actually get at the groundhog. He hasn't had a whole lot of success, but that's neither here nor there. 61, you're high today. Sunshine in 61. Beautiful day. Clouds, a few showers after midnight, 45 the low. Uh, Then for tomorrow, rain, wind, and uh, 58 degrees for the high. Looks like that rain chance tomorrow at 100%. Something in 63 on Wednesday. What a beautiful day to... Skip out of work. I didn't say skip work. Skip out of work. So you may want to set this up ahead of time. Clouding at 35 on Thursday, sunning at 42 on Friday. Uh, some morning clouds and sunshine on Saturday afternoon, a high of 54. Sunning at 62 on Sunday. Just some great weather for the month of February. Looks like maybe next week uh, we do have some chances for rain. Uh, but again, the temperatures are just going to be phenomenal. So... Don't start getting out the uh, spring and summer wardrobe just yet. Keep hoodies, keep coats, keep gloves, keep hats, keep sweatshirts, all that good stuff handy because I guarantee you Mother Nature is not done with us by any stretch of the imagination. She's trying to lull us into a false sense of security. She does it all the time, and she's very good at it. Lake level at 656.36, river level at 551.56, surface water temp at 41 degrees. Beautiful week at the lake. And I like weeks like this where the weather kind of, you know, it's kind of a bit of that roller coaster ride. You can get out and get some things done. You can enjoy the uh, the nice weather. You still get a little blast of the cold weather. But like I said, do not let your guard down for any reason. Lake of the Ozarks, I am asking for your help with something. The uh, best of the lake uh, voting is uh, going on as we speak. Started today. And a couple of uh, folks that I'd like you to look at, maybe vote for your favorite radio personality. And if you go to vote for me, you will not see KB. You will see Kevin 
Burns. And uh, that is who you vote for. If, if that is who you would like to vote for, there are four other worthy uh, adversaries or other people that are competing. I say adversaries. They're not adversaries. I like all of those people. I've known most of them for years. And also uh, Stafford Home Services, if you get the chance to vote. I know Delta would appreciate your vote. She has been nominated. And uh, she's pretty excited about that. And I think that's great that she was nominated. And for the most part, it gets these, you know, folks out in front of you, especially the businesses. But if you wouldn't mind, I would certainly appreciate it. Getting a vote as a best radio personality from you, if you would like to do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 916 is our time. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. How about there is a uh, a website. It is called americangulag.org. And, and, and Bill Munhausen was referring to this in his op-ed this morning, americangulag.org. Over 700 people have been arrested in connection with the events of January 6, 2021. This website provides current information about each one, including relevant news articles and arrest maps and list of those currently incarcerated. We also provide ways for you to contact those in prison and to help cover their legal and living expenses. If you would like to provide corrections, updates, or requests, please contact us. Um... J6ers, as they're referred to. Uh, They've got one here, uh, dated uh, February the 2nd, 2023. J6er Jeremy Brown moved from maximum security prison, reveals false evidence government planted against him. And this is, again, from AmericanGulag.org. A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N. G-U-L-A-G dot org. You might want to check this out if you're interested in some of these folks. J6er Jeremy Brown moved from maximum security prison, reveals false evidence government planted against him. Uh, After nearly 16 months in maximum security prison, a team of grassroots citizens succeeded in petitioning Pinellas County Sheriff to move Jeremy Brown to the minimum security section of prison. Brown considers his transition like a move to 55 and older community, likening the questions to, or rather the quietness to a library. There are no bars around his cell, so he can walk to the restroom anytime throughout the night. This new area also has more telephones available, expanding his availability to speak with loved ones and conduct interviews. Jeremy has even teamed up with a pastor to create a basketball tournament for other inmates in this section. Uh, It says here, Jeremy Brown was arrested pre-trial on September 30th, 2021, for possessing an unregistered firearm. He was offered a plea deal, but instead on taking his case to trial, as TGP has reported, he turned down an offer made by the FBI to be an informant. Jeremy was also present in D.C. on January 6, 2021, and despite not even entering the Capitol building, is being charged with misdemeanor trespassing. Here is the progress with his J6 case via AmericanGulag.org. During his Florida trial, Melissa Loesch 
Jeremy's lawyer created a written record showing the government planted evidence in this trial. There were no carpet or DNA samples collected, nor was there evidence of hair from Jeremy's dog that would have linked the grenade's presence to his house. An expert witness testified the government's grenade trace revealed a location but not did not reference any specific dates. Before Brown's case even went to trial on December 5, 2021, this evidence was set to be used in Stuart Rhodes' case. FBI forensic analyst Crystal Breslin completed a thorough analysis linking Jeremy to the grenade. You can read the document here, it says. Although Brown was excluded as being a potential contributor of DNA to the items, Rhodes and others were ultimately convicted of the case as TGB is reported. The jury in Brown's Florida case found him guilty of counts 1 through 5 and not guilty of counts 6 through 10. The case is currently being appealed. Concerned citizens generated letter writing and emailing campaign on Jeremy's behalf to improve his health and safety while in prison. A Florida state representative met with the sheriff there, the prison overseer, and Jeremy later received a new mattress and pillow. We've got to fight on the outside for those on the inside, said Tylene Aldridge, Jeremy's spouse, referring to her fight to provide Jeremy with a daily multivitamin to maintain his health while in prison. The sentencing for Jeremy's Florida case takes place on March 13th in Tampa. And uh, it says you can help Jeremy Brown with legal expenses for his appeal here. Uh, Then it's got uh, some comments from some different people. uh, From different folks um, who uh, have perused the site and uh, say things like, uh, I want to know when these people who are violating Americans' civil and human rights are going to be held accountable for what they have done. Uh, Roger W. 2, reading this article is like looking at a puzzle with the most of the pieces missing. We can guess that Jeremy got a grenade and gave it to Stuart Rhodes for him to use in the attack on our government. But is that uh, guess off the mark? No way to tell here. If he did legally possess a grenade, he should have to serve some sort of jail sentence. It is tragic that Trump chose to lie rather than concede his 2020 loss. How many have seen their lives destroyed because they believed his lies and acted upon them? Uh, Somebody comes in, uh, Malin Hughes comes in and says, Sorry, Roger W. President Trump did not lie. 2020 was rigged and stolen. I watched it happen on national television. You cannot blame President Trump for what is happening to these people. You need to place the blame where it is deserved on this corrupt committee. And the corrupt FBI and DOJ, Nancy Pelosi, said this insurrection up, which uh, is why her text messages and emails are not examined yet. So they do have a website, again, americangulag.org, that follows people that are what they're considering uh, or calling these folks J6ers. And if you go to the website, you can uh, hear from a number of these folks. Uh, One uh, particular article, I am treated poorly, harassed, and physically abused. J6er Todd Gardner writes, open letter after D.C. accounts our D.C. courts rather delay hearings for seven months. So these people who happened to be at the Capitol building and were picked up, unlike so many of these people that we have seen that are involved with 
or were involved with the riots in the cities. Good morning, Brian. You know when they had the riots back in the summer of 2020? And police were told, now, just get out of the way. Just let them go and do what they're going to do. And don't worry about arresting them because we don't want the mob to get angry and turn on police. We don't want people to, uh, you know, get the wrong impression that the police are out to uh, abuse these people. You know, police brutality. And that's exactly what it would have been. And I I would imagine in some instances there were people that tried to engage the rioters and didn't have a whole lot of success because they were outnumbered greatly. We saw what happened in Washington, D.C. when rioters surrounded the White House, or at least one portion of it, where they encountered the uh, Capitol Police and uh, got pretty ugly. None of these people, I, I would imagine most of the people that were there to riot came, did their rioting, and turned around and went home. But now we have American citizens that are sitting in jail cells because of their involvement in January the 6th. And this January 6th committee, was it has it been dissolved yet? I think that was one of the first things they were talking about doing once the Republicans took over this year, as far as the House of Representatives is concerned. But did they dissolve? Is the January 6th committee, is it dissolved now? It no longer exists? Was that what we were being told? Oh, by the way, they're shooting more things down (laughs) over the United States. Oh, goodness. You have to wonder sometimes. You really do. Oh. But, uh... Yeah, I uh, I definitely don't think that this is fair at all. Certainly, if you've got people that are being in uh, being imprisoned, and some of the things that are coming out of the prisons, as far as what these people are talking about, the way that they're being treated, they are being treated like you would treat prisoners of war. And apparently there are more arrests coming. They're not done arresting people, by the way. This is something... uh, This is not something that these folks are done with. Because I believe any of the people that they had got got lined up for... uh, for being a part of what happened on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Um, I would say that this is just... This is some of the most outrageous... These are some, these are some of the most outrageous articles I think I've read in a long time of how these people are being treated. Certainly, uh, Todd Gardner, it would be interesting to, uh, as far as an interview goes, it would be interesting to be able to get some of these folks on to talk about what it is they're dealing with. Maybe some of the folks that have been in there. Now, we've heard stories before about some of this. 
POWs are treated better. Between that and the 87,000 new and armed IRS agents being defunded. Well, there's another interesting aspect of, of what we've heard as well, the, uh, the fact that they brought in all those IRS agents and armed them. And there was some concern about that. I mean, come on, folks. Is it not apparent to you what is going on? Is it not apparent that people are, that, that, that this does not make sense? I mean, uh, there are people that commit crimes every day that go in and get out, and some of them commit crimes more than once a day, and they go in and they get out because they know how to, I, I wouldn't necessarily say scam the system, but they know exactly what's going to happen to them once they get arrested. Well, I go in, I fill out my paperwork, uh, and then they turn around and, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour later, I'm back out on the street. People who have malicious intent, people who are planning on doing harm to other people. And these people, it, 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 it's, it's quite all right for them to go do whatever it is they want to do, commit a crime, and then go in and, you know, be held for a short amount of time and right back out on the streets because apparently we don't have room for these people or what they're doing isn't considered to be an issue or a problem. A, uh, you know, the severity isn't, isn't there. But as I said, people who are, are doing what they're doing now and these people who are being held in prisons, I mean, seriously, someone held in a maximum security portion of a prison for being involved, well, they said that this guy apparently passed a grenade to somebody else. But they can't quite prove it. They're working on it. And don't be surprised if they aren't able to find uh, a way to link this guy to this grenade and the fact that he gave it to someone else. This is scary, folks. This is extremely scary. And this is how it's going to go. And I think these people are being utilized as examples. That's exactly what they are. They're examples of <laughs> there's never any room in prison for violent offenders, but there's always plenty of room for Trump supporters. Certainly seems that way, Jr. Yes, it does. 929, we're going to take our final bottom of the hour break, our final break of this uh, two-hour program. We'll come back and uh, tell you some more about some guests that we've got on tap for the rest of the week, as well as some places where you can find the watchdog. Jenny Brinkman, our guest in the first hour, and some great conversation and keeping an eye on local government, plus reminding you about some other things that you need to keep an eye on as well. It is 930, and I am happy to tell you, folks, that we are going to get to this uh, information courtesy of... Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com. Bill Munhausen with his most recent op-ed, and you are listening to The Daily Show on Key Rate. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, February 13th. 
A Camden County road was closed Friday thanks to a giant sinkhole. The hole was first reported by a resident who lived on Mailhack Road, and when road crews arrived, they found a sinkhole that was 12 foot wide and 6 feet deep. Crews worked to dig out the sinkhole to make sure it wouldn't further collapse before filling it back in. By the time they were done, the hole was twice as wide and several feet deeper. Then they filled the hole back up, and the road and bridge department says they'll be keeping an eye on it. Morgan County deputies uncovered stolen property and drugs when a search warrant was conducted in Brumley. The deputies served a warrant to an address on Hidden Bluff Circle, where they reportedly located a stolen camper, an ATV, and additional stolen items from multiple investigations in Miller and Pulaski counties. Methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia also were found. The recovered property values estimated to exceed $50,000. Owners of the stolen property have been contacted. And one Max Creek basketball player recently hit an impressive record, 1,000 career points. India Willis is just a sophomore at Max Creek. She averaged 24.5 points per game as a refreshman and achieved this record in just 44 games. India is on pace to set records not only at Max Creek, but also at the state level, said Max Creek School District in a press release. The district says they're excited to celebrate the accomplishment with India and look forward to watching the rest of her basketball basketball career. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Don't miss the 2023 Home Business and Lake Living Expo coming to the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center on February 17th and 18th. Join us Friday 3 to 7 or Saturday 9 to 5 and explore goods and services for home, business, and lake leisure all under one roof. Free admission, free parking, free shuttle, plus attendees can register to participate in various door prize giveaways. Expo 2023 is presented by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce and sponsored by Central Bank and Oakstar Bank. For more information, visit camdentonchamber.com. This is Bill Munhausen with another key opinion. This one isn't about the Second Amendment, but the Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. An amendment that relates directly to the federal government. It says that, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Yet, as with the Second Amendment, the federal government routinely violates these rules. There are at least 100 Americans that have been imprisoned related to entering the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and some of them remain in jail with no prospect of trial until late 2023 or 2024. Regardless of how you feel about the event in question, two or three years is not a speedy trial, and federal officials clearly don't care. So let's delve into the background of the Sixth Amendment. As with any law or regulation, context is everything. The people who crafted the U.S. Constitution to create a new national government were wary of the power inherent in a central authority. It had only been a few years since they threw off the oppression of the English monarch, and they knew their Constitution needed protections against tyranny. They were, after all, Englishmen who felt betrayed by their English king. In the age of absolute monarchy, kings were above the law. They could throw an enemy into the castle dungeon simply because they had the power. 
So America's founders embarked on a new form of government that took power away from national rulers and gave it to the people. Unfortunately, today's rulers in Washington, D.C. care little about the Bill of Rights. In a case where a swift and fair hearing was essential to restore our confidence in justice, the spirit of the Sixth Amendment was miserably violated. At this point you may be saying, yeah, Bill, we know that, but there's nothing we can do. Our rulers in D.C. can do whatever they want. To that I say two things. First, there is a God above all rulers who will inevitably judge those rulers even if it doesn't happen today. But secondly, I suggest that Americans, regardless of political persuasion, must stop cooperating with injustice. There may be little we can do about the January 6th defendants, but we can call out the national politicians who violate constitutional protections, and we can also tell them no whenever they infringe on other rights. An example of this takes us back to the Second Amendment. The federal government's ATF decided to regulate AR-style pistol braces, but many Missouri sheriffs just said no to enforcing those regulations. Saying no to the national government may not stop them from showing up at your door, but it will slow them down. And little acts of disobedience can retrain our national leaders to lower their expectations in overreaching their rightful authority. It's for their own good. Do you or a family member or maybe an employee need help? Encompass Purpose is here for you. Encompass Purpose is a nonprofit solution to wellness. You have a true potential to live up to your healthy mind and healthy body, a happier, more successful existence. We work with individuals and employers to do just that. EncompassPurpose.com, 573-286-5625. And also make sure to tune in to our radio program right here on 89.3 The Key. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Jesus was quoted as saying, Don't put your light under a bushel, but put it on a lampstand so that it gives light unto all. Archaeologists discovered an artifact that may clarify what Jesus was saying. The Greek word modios, a measure of dry goods, was translated as the Old English bushel, a measure we still use today. The artifact archaeologists found was a clay scoop with a flattened base and top that allowed it to stand on a table. The modios could be used to scoop grain out of a bucket, but in its standing position it served another purpose. When not in use, a small oil lamp was stored in the bowl of the modios. When the lamp was lit, it was placed on the flat top of the modios, which served as a lampstand. Jesus was making the point that it makes no sense to light the lamp and hide it away, put it on the lampstand to illuminate the room. He was telling his disciples that the gospel is only good news if you share it to light up the darkness. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Business, government, history, religion entertainment and much more on 89.3 the key back here at 938 thank you thank you thank you and uh, thank you some more got a lot of uh, great uh, guests we're going to be talking to this week and uh, of course i highly encourage you to tune in of course uh, tomorrow we will uh, talk with tina griffin tina griffin if you've uh, heard her program she is a counterculture mom Counterculture warrior is what she likes to call herself. And she is. 
she kind of takes on uh, some of the things that uh, people look at and find interesting. And I guess if you want to call her this, she is the one. She's she's from the area. And some years ago, she decided she wanted to venture to Hollywood, California. And to get involved, I believe, in, in, in movies. Wanted to be a uh, an actress. And in doing so, um, she found out a lot about what goes on and wasn't really happy with what she saw. So she came back to the lake area and she started uh, started talking about it. And she started visiting local schools and she started uh, getting on radio shows. She was on my radio show a couple of different times and she's going to be on my radio show tomorrow at 810. The Counter Culture Mom Show which is something that we feature on Key Radio. As a matter of fact, we feature it on, uh, I believe, Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays. Um, let me double-check on something here real quick, and I can tell you the days that we actually feature it. Uh, Counterculture Mom Show is, uh, let's see, Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. She is on four times during the week, and some very good programming if you uh, would like to find out more. And then, uh, as I said, join me tomorrow morning. She will join me in hour number one. We'll have her on for about 30 minutes. She is a very busy individual, and I appreciate her granting us the opportunity to do the interview. Tina Griffin, the Counterculture Mom Show, and she will be my guest in hour number one. Hour number two, we're going to be talking things over with Lindsay Waltman and Charlene Moore. Now, we talked to these two ladies before. They are a couple of moms who homeschool. And I said, you know what? It would be kind of fun to bring your kids in and get the kids' take on being homeschooled. So we'll talk with them tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour. On Wednesday, we've got Fozzie Simon in. Fozzie and I, uh, we, we talked a little bit about things regarding marijuana and the new laws and how people uh, probably need to pay attention to some of that stuff because legal weed is something that we have in the state of Missouri, both medically and recreationally. Uh, what do they say? They spent about $12 million on weed last weekend when it uh, first became available on the recreational level. And dispensaries around the lake area, we're seeing a lot of traffic but to $12 million, both medically and recreationally, is what was spent last week on weed. Over the weekend, from the time the doors opened on Friday, and that's that's the news article I saw anyway. But we're uh, Fozzie and I are going to talk a little bit more about expungement. We're also going to talk about something that a lot of people are concerned about, and that is gun rights and weed. Gun rights and weed. Where does uh, this all fall into uh, into play? Gun rights and weed. Can you lose your gun rights if you smoke weed? Well, we're going to talk with that about Fozzie Simon on Wednesday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, 9 o'clock hour. Of course, the one and only true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, will join me in the studio. Mindy Sales on Thursday. Danny Ellison on Thursday. Uh, still waiting to hear from Janet Dabbs as to who we will have lined up. For our normal uh, spot, we normally talk with someone involved with Concerned Women for America of Missouri. 
I know Marlena Hatmaker is going to call in on the program on Friday, and she will give us the most recent update uh, with the uh, committee, the group that is meeting to save the historic Swinging Bridge in Brumley. They they picked up a, a nice little pat on the back, a nice little, uh, hey, we think this is important. We want to get the word out about it from Ozarks Amphitheater, who's going to be helping to support the cause this year. And that is great news. I uh, believe the last last concert announcement I saw was for Trace Atkins. Of course, you've got uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago. A lot of great bands coming to the Ozarks Amphitheater for the 2023 concert season. Uh, also, there is uh, another hint that they put out. Somebody thinks it's the Goo Goo Dolls, and I have not heard if the if the announcement has been officially made yet, but uh, somebody thinks that uh, the Goo Goo Dolls are coming to Ozarks Amphitheater. That's what I've heard anyway, so keep your eyes on their website, ozarksamp.com. Dave Maupin will join us on Friday as well to round out the week. We had uh, some fun this weekend at the School of the Osage. They had a, a speech competition where they bring in students from all over the state. There were students uh, from Pacific, students from Springfield, students from Lebanon, students coming in from all over the state to participate at School of the Osage on Saturday. And I was a judge. I got to be a judge last year. And I got to tell you, I was really impressed with these kids. They were very, very fun to watch. Uh, Some of them came in and did... uh, did very topical, and, and, and it's interesting to find out what's on their minds. What are some of the things that these kids are talking about? Or maybe they consider to be important, or a topic that they have picked to discuss. Um, interestingly enough, they talk about uh, dating and things to watch for when you're dating and you're young and things to keep in mind like abuse and uh, other things that can get out of uh, get out of whack. And I told the young girl that presented this, this is I, I told her this uh, aside from your presentation, which was very strong. You did a great job. And she talked about some of the things that students encounter when they are first dating. And I said, what you need to do is become an advocate for your your fellow students, because I wonder just how many students realize when certain things happen early on, if there's a pattern that is starting to come together. And certainly, these kids need to watch the signs and make sure that uh, they are paying attention to some of the things that go on among young people during the dating process, some things to watch for, some things to keep in mind, some things to avoid. And teen pregnancy was another one, which I thought was rather interesting. But it was amazing. And and then uh, we got to see, I I got to judge a a round where they had uh, kids that were coming in with a a presentation, one... uh, one kid did a presentation on this uh, map game where they show you different pictures and um, you're supposed to be able to guess where you're at. (laughs) 
Based on the picture, can you tell where you're at? Uh, not just here in the United States, but other countries, based on things like power poles and, and, and various other signs that they use and the way that they stripe the, the roads in some of these places. Another young lady talked about Pavlov's dog. Not the group. There were a lot of interesting uh, topics. And then I got to be a judge as far as radio goes in the finals. There are some kids out there with some serious pipes on them. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that was great to hear. And I thought that was great to see. And, and, and again, I wonder how much... Now, I, I will say this. I don't know who won the overall competition. I don't know who won the overall competition. But for you coaches out there that are teaching kids radio, you need to teach them how to do the news and in what order to do it. Local, state, national news. Don't start with national news. Start with local news. Local news is what people are immediately looking for. And then you get into the state stuff, and then you get into the national stuff, because most of the national stuff has already been covered. There's a good possibility, as I heard in a lot of the stories uh, or the dissertations that these kids were doing, everybody was talking about balloons, everybody was talking about the upcoming Super Bowl, everybody was talking about Mike Pence. But one or two of the eight finalists actually had their news as I would consider it in the proper order, local, state, national, and then international, and then sports, and then weather. That's how you do it. And I don't know what these kids use as a basis to put together their radio rap if they listen to what other radio stations are doing, if they listen to, you know, or if they just kind of do their own thing. But I'll tell you what. Very impressive, and the future looks bright. I always think about this generation. There's probably someone, and there's probably several people, that are going to get into a position at some point where their opinion, where their job, where their decision-making process affects me. And with some of the things that I heard now, there are what maybe some people might consider a little scary Things that are a little scary in terms of some of the topics that were talked about. One young lady in particular, <laughs> um, I can't believe her coach didn't question her subject matter, but maybe the coach thought, hey, this is a great way for this girl to gauge the response of, of, of people based on what it is she's talking about. But there were a lot of really cool kids there, and Dave Bompin, thanks for involving me in this again this year. Not a problem. Happy to help out. Locations, locations. We've got locations where you can pick up the most recent copy of The Watchdog. The Office Neighborhood Pub on Horseshoe Bend in Lake Ozark. Also, uh, Natalie K. Salon in Lake Ozark on Bagnell Dam Boulevard. The Rusty Rooster on uh, the Bagnell Dam Strip, or the or Bagnell Dam Boulevard, I guess you should say, in Lake Ozark. Fitz Tackle and Supplies on the Parkway in Osage Beach. Uh, Fitz Tackle and Supplies in Camdenton. 
Stokes Dock Company, uh, 3797 Osage Beach Parkway in Osage Beach. I believe that's Stonecrest Mall. I think they're still there. Shell's Pasta in the Pruitt Point Shopping Center in Osage Beach. Sunset Tire and Service across the street from Lowe's in Osage Beach. Uh, Lake Car Care just down the road from Sunset Tire and Service. Parkway Plaza Tire Center off the parkway in Osage Beach. You can pick up some copies right here at SRG Financial Advisors. We've got them, 1055 Ozark Care Drive. The Cozy Cafe. I ran into Jeff Coates. I have not seen Jeff in forever. And Jeff was out shopping the other day, and I ran into him, and it was so nice to see Jeff. And we mentioned Stacy too. And we talked a little bit about Joe Grafman. But it was so nice to see Jeff Coates out the other day. Still one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Skelton Key and Lock on the Parkway in Osage Beach. Also Bryant Auction just off of Highway 54 on Y Road. When you get off of Highway 54, you get down to the T. Instead of making the left like you're going to go to Big Surf, make the right and follow it all the way down. And you know, folks, there Bryant Auction is actually open during the week, and you can go in and peruse and look around, and if you see something that you really, really like, make them an offer. My gosh, make them an offer. You don't know until you ask. Beckett Motors, East 54 in Camdenton. Firefly Valley Farms, south on uh, Business 5 from the square on the right-hand side of the road. What a great place to go and learn about coffee. Firefly Valley Farms, Stephanie and Dax. And, oh, by the way, their coffee is now in high V. So when you go shopping, and, and, and that's what's uh, Trails End Barbecue on uh, North Business 5 in Camdenton, North Business Route 5 in Camdenton. But when you go, and, and, and sometimes some of the bigger supermarkets, uh, they try to carry some local stuff. Ask them, and, and I wonder if we couldn't devote a section, and, and maybe they do that, I don't know. Or they have the products in with other products, like, for example, barbecue sauce. If there is one that was manufactured here locally and put on the shelves, maybe it's in with the other barbecue sauces. But I know one of the things that supermarkets have done for years, and that's try to get people into their, into their stores by providing local products. They sell local products. Now, some stores have an, uh, an aisle, and down that aisle, they have a section that is basically made up of local products, and they're all in one spot. Now, others are scattered throughout the store, as is the case with some places, but make sure when you go into your local grocery store that you say, hey, where are the local products at? Do you sell any local products? I know Harmy's Cheese Store and more sells local products. They've got a lot of local products in there. But I also know that there are a lot of supermarkets around here that if you go and you talk to the right person, they will... Yeah, they'll give you a little shelf space. Might cost you a little something-something, but it uh, it is definitely worth a shot, definitely worth a try. And I know Firefly Valley Farms has their coffee in high V, and we were excited to hear that when Stephanie told us that their coffee is in high V. So look for Firefly Valley Farms. They've got several varieties in there. Uh, what did I get this last time? The Pow Pow New Guinea coffee or something it's it's really good and i specifically drink it on weekends i'm a coffee achiever monday through friday but it's just folders 
And I say the good stuff are the weekends from Firefly Valley Farms. So thank you very much. 954. Those are the places you can find the watchdog. You can also get your paper copy. Uh, and then you can get it emailed as well. Jenny Brinkman is happy to email it to you. So make it a point to uh, get out and find your watchdog. Anybody watch the Puppy Bowl yesterday? I watched about five or ten minutes of it. I just wanted to. I, I like the little puppies. They're cute. My puppy decided he wanted to go for a uh, a jaunt through the countryside today. So... I let him out this morning, <clears throat> and uh, he returned about an hour later. He was gone for about an hour. Just out seeing the sights. Hey, what's in my neighborhood? I need to know what's in my backyard so that I can uh, can find my way around. So business owners across across the state are looking to the future after a surprisingly strong start to recreational marijuana sales. As I told you, in the first weekend of recreational cannabis sales in the state, Missourians spent more than $12 million on both recreational and medical products. The strong sales were, despite many operators being caught by surprise, the opening of recreational sales came a few days earlier than expected. Now, business owners are looking to the future of the industry in Missouri, and that's not just happening in the biggest cities. Brooke Foster was one CEO who was preparing to begin recreational sales on Monday but was caught off guard when the state gave the go-ahead to start selling on Friday. Foster is the CEO of COCO, C-O-C-O, which has a lab in Clarence, Missouri, and dispensaries in Chillicothe, Hannibal, and Moberly. Her dispensaries are essentially, uh, they did uh, a soft open without advertising on Friday and Saturday. Still, the business sold about two and a half times what it normally does on those days. And she said many people visited the dispensaries from other states. Oh, go figure. Kind of like they do with cigarettes, right? They come in here and they buy cigarettes because they're cheaper. And they don't just buy like a pack or two or a carton or two. No, they come down with boxes. And they load up the boxes for themselves and their friends. You know, coming on over the border. And and see, that's where you might find people getting in a little bit of trouble. They want to buy their recreational weed in Missouri and then go back over the border, as is the case in Kansas. When I pulled into the parking lot, there was one Missouri car and all the rest were from uh, out of state, she said. Foster runs the business with her son who graduated from the University of Missouri and has a background in plant science. Makes all the sense in the world. She sees this industry as a way to keep people like him in parts of Missouri that are losing young people. To be honest, it's mostly agricultural-type businesses up here, a lot of farming. And if you aren't a farmer, it seems like a lot of high school and college graduates typically leave this area, Foster said. So we're really looked at as far as this opportunity to help build North Missouri. To prepare for new sales, many dispensaries added staff and ordered more supply. Good Day Farm extended operating hours and added 200 new employees across its 19 locations in Missouri. Wow. The company has locations in both big and small cities across the state. Another operation, Trinity Dispensaries, has locations in Rolla and St. James. The business started with a medical program and went from there. But a lot of folks are enjoying, these dispensaries are enjoying loving how uh, recreational marijuana is just uh, shooting through the roof in terms of sales. 
And I believe that uh, it's just going to continue on, folks. There are a few things you need to keep in mind, though, and we'll discuss some of that with Fozzie Simon on Wednesday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. I hope that you uh, do take the opportunity to tune in, listen in, and from time to time, call in. That's why we've got 573-633-5395. Unfortunately, we can't do it now. I'm sorry to say we're uh, up against the clock, down to about just 40 seconds. And i got to tell you, folks, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate the input with your comments. Give me a call once in a while. I know you've got plenty on your mind. 43 degrees, make it 44 now in Osage Beach, on our way to a high of 61. Beautiful day at the lake. I'm going to go home and have a talk with lightning. (laughs) He didn't seem like he cared at all when he took off this morning. Ah, You know, just out going through the countryside. I'll see what's going on here. I'll show up. They're worried about me right now. I've got them eaten out of the palm of my hand. 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. Great to be on.